0: hello and welcome to red rock relationships a podcast about communication let's unpack the relationships that we encounter in our daily lives and learn about what makes them tick and now your host for red rock relationships dr james b stein all right all right folks
1: we're here we made it through a full season of red rock relationships well not yet we have one last episode to do uh, so I want to start by thanking everybody who I've had on, uh, over the last, uh, 11 and now 12 episodes. Uh, we've had a lot of fun talking about relationships and we're going to do it one last time before we break, but then we should be back in the spring semester, uh, to talk about even more stuff. Um, and I, I'm very excited to close out our season talking about one of the, in my opinion the most important elements of close relationships especially when it comes to things like dating relationships uh, friends with benefits relationships and marriages which we've spent a lot of time talking about on this show uh today we're going to be talking about consent and uh to join me and to help me discuss those very important issues is dr Lori bednarczyk who has advanced expertise in that very topic so Lori, thank you so much for joining us
2: I, I could not be more ecstatic to be here, James. It's, it's amazing to see you.
1: You too. And um, for those listening, Lori is yet another product of Arizona State University. That trend will not stop at season two. I've already got some folks lined up who are uh, part of that program. So uh, get used to hearing some Sun Devils talk about relationships. Um, I mean,
2: I'd like to think that that just <laughs> it, it's a great commercial for Arizona State, but also like it just shows how cool your friends are.
1: Yeah, well, you know, we all do uh, similar things. And, uh, you know, I've told stories about other folks at ASU uh, on here. And, Laura, you you are the person who, when I went to go visit Arizona State University to see if I wanted to pursue my PhD there, you are the person who was nice enough to house me in your apartment. And I got to pet your dog and... um
2: Oh, we had man. a good we
1: had a good time that evening meeting yeah. meeting many of the people who have been um, on this show so it's, it's funny yeah. how things work like that but why don't yeah. we why don't we start off the way that we always start off. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your academic history where you came from and how you find yourself now going all around the country um, educating people about consent
2: sure so i'm gonna take one second to just congratulate you on an amazing season i i've been following this the whole time because of course you have everybody that i know on and so it's been so exciting so i did not have any champagne to cheers you Mm -hmm. all i had open was a like a this is all that was left in the bottle of wine that i had from from the week that we've had and so i just want to cheers you and congratulate you on on an amazing season, and and inviting all of us on, and and getting this information out to the students, because that's really amazing. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and
1: <laughs> I'll hold up uh, a cup of coffee to that, and I don't wanna no product <laughs> no product placement. We're not we're not, not sponsored by not anyone.
2: Certainly. Also I also have coffee.
1: Oh so. wow, mixing wine and coffee. That's very that this should make for a great episode.
2: Yeah, we can we can talk about that mixing the <laughs> stimulants and the depressants yeah, are, are not, not a good that. combination. Mm-hmm uh let me talk about uh so where did i come from so i have a very very eclectic background so um i'm trying to think of everybody that you've had on the show I, I probably have a slightly different background than a lot of people my academic background is uh university of maryland i went to university of maryland on a swimming scholarship uh and had no idea what i wanted to do loved writing and reading so did english stayed in school, went and got my master's in public health, uh, finished that back in uh, 2007, and then moved out to San Diego, California, which is where I'm uh, coming from right now, and worked at San Diego State as a health educator for a number of years, which is where uh, my my revelations on sexual consent communication kind of uh, really came to fruition and then returned to school at Arizona State uh, to pursue the PhD. Uh, I was much older than a lot of the students who were there. Most people kind of go straight through. So I had some work experience before I came through. And, and now I'm, I'm like living my best life in, in San Diego. I, I live at the beach. I. I teach at a number of different universities, which is the, the most amazing thing that I, I can ask to do. And then I also do uh, professional speaking. So I speak all over the country to college students, to uh, student athletes, fraternity sororities, to professional athletes, to corporations, uh, and I'm spreading this message about uh, healthy sexual communication and, and consent.
1: Yeah, that was a, that's a great summary. So why don't we just dive into it? I think that when people think about, um, what it means to give consent, there's a lot of, uh, miscommunication and there's a lot of different definitions that we wrap our heads around. Yeah. How do you, when you speak to folks or when you teach a class, how do you define the term consent?
2: Great question. So I think what's important to to think about here is the fact that a lot of us have learned about consent within the confines of this kind of uh, sexual assault prevention, um, uh, no means no kind of uh, uh, focus, right? So what what and And I always did that, too, because I was doing education at San Diego State. I was working with you know high risk men, which we usually refer to uh, fraternities, athletes, uh, as as higher risk for a number of reasons, which I'm not going to get into, but we could we could if we wanted to. And uh, and it was all within the confines of this class that was teaching them to go out onto campus and teach other men about preventing sexual violence, which, which I, I was most, one of the most amazing experiences in the world. But whenever we would get to the conversation about consent, immediately the 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 temperature in the room would change in the sense that these men would feel very uncomfortable. It was I have to have my partner sign something. It has to be this you know formal thing, and I'm like, listen, like, how do you tell another person that you want? have sex Mm -hmm. or engage in any sexual activity for that matter and they're like oh well i say this this and this and this and then i'm like well how do you know if the person that you're with is interested in doing sexual things with you and they're like oh well they do this this and this i'm like that is all consent communication Mm -hmm. and so i started kind of looking at consent in a different uh context in the sense that if we think about the sexual activity and the and the sex that's going on in our world, it's predominantly consensual. And so there's a lot that we can learn from people who are doing this in the way that they should be. So, so, um, so to define it, um, I define it as a yes means yes, this affirmative sexual consent, which a lot of people are adopting. Mm-hmm. Uh, really the kind of premise of this is that it's the responsibility of the person who's initiating any sort of sexual activity to obtain that consent, Mm -hmm. Um, man, woman, non-binary. This focuses on giving agency to all partners during sexual activity, Uh, It's enthusiastic, so both people, or all people involved, are excited about into what you are engaging in, and each person that's involved has just as much responsibility to provide this kind of continuous, enthusiastic consent uh, as they do to obtain it from their partner.
1: Yeah, I like that, and I think you touched on all the key words on our uh on our instagram uh we we posted a fun little image of and i'm looking at it right now a little a little package of fries and it says i love fries and fries is of course an acronym that stands for freely given um reversible uh informed enthusiastic Mm -hmm. specific and so these are sort of the basic tenets of the new way of understanding uh consent uh i want to spend some time focusing on that a little bit more Like you said, the the old guard, right? The old guard is focused on this idea of, of no means no. Um, and I think that that's problematic for a couple of reasons. One, it places the responsibility on the person receiving touch or receiving the action. Okay. And then second, it absolves the initiator like you said it absolves the initiator of responsibility and allows them to say something along the lines of well i didn't know that my partner did not want this and so while that might be an explanation it is not an excuse and so i think shifting from no means no to yes means yes does does a really good job of that so i wonder if we can kind of unpack those two elements uh, in talking about the difference between no means no versus "yes yes Uh, why is it so important to make that switch
2: Uh, I what I think that is the most important at least in my opinion and 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 from my experience (laughs) because I always like to talk from experience is that I think that from my experience being in rooms with college students or, or even just interacting with my friends and talking about this issue as soon as we start bringing up this idea of somebody not being interested in sex uh, or sexual activity, uh, us you know, misinterpreting signs, uh, it's very uncomfortable to think about. And I think that those conversations need to happen for sure. I just think that when we talk about yes means yes, not only are we appealing to a larger number of people because people who are like, I would never commit sexual assault, or I would never have sex with somebody without their consent, mm-hmm. we're appealing to them because we're encouraging healthier, more uh, active sexual communication with, with partner or partners. And then for sexual assault prevention programming, we're, we're really focusing on the prevention piece, right? So we're not just focusing on this If your partner says no, you should stop." And that's a great message, but I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say that most students, particularly, because I know that we're really appealing to students here, most students have heard it, they know it, and they're like, got it, now what? So what Yes Means Yes really provides is a roadmap of how we go about Speaking to our partner throughout the relationship, I I, I really think that that not only are we talking about how do we do this in a sexual situation, but how do we continue, you know, bringing up boundaries and 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 bringing up uh, issues with our partner that are tough. So so we're kind of starting uh, the conversation. Right. I don't know if that is
1: question (laughs) no that perfectly answers the question i want to i want to piggyback on that uh because there is really interesting research about relationship satisfaction and sexual satisfaction and what those data show us is that um sexual satisfaction is a large predictor of relationship satisfaction so the more satisfied you are with your bedroom life the more satisfied you're going to be in your relationship now there's other research that shows that You know, obviously communicating about sex improves our sexual satisfaction, but specifically, telling our partner what we like is great. The most influential thing, however, is when we talk about the things that we don't like with our partner. And that also happens to be the topic that is talked about least in the bedroom. So the conversation that needs to be had more than any other is the one that we're having the least. And I think about some of the folks you know especially uh out here in in the southwest portion of the united states and utah specifically where um sex is a very taboo topic and it's not to be discussed and it, you know um it's it's not necessarily not to be had but it's definitely not to be talked about um and so i think switching from this yes means yes means putting that responsibility and that onus on ourselves to um to ask these questions of our partner But I also think that there's another step that I wanna get into right here. Um, I did a little bit of research for this episode and one thing I found very interesting is that according to the National Sexual Violence Resource Center, self-reports of sexual assault and rape have nearly doubled over the last couple of years. I have my speculations as to why this might be, but then there's some other information. If you couple it with, uh, so the Rape Abuse uh, and Incest National Network shows us that only about 20% of rapes occur by a stranger and that one in three are done by a spouse or a boyfriend or a girlfriend. So, um. With this information in hand, this kind of reinforces what you were saying about the initiator being the one who's responsible. So what things can we ask ourselves as we try to, you know, embark on a sexual adventure with our partner? How can we make sure, you know, on on the individual level that we're doing things that our partner wants us to do and that we're not overstepping boundaries?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. So... What I love is that you just name dropped some really great resources. So for the listeners, I, I I, I, didn't even give those to you. So kudos to you. Those are really, really great resources for people to use to learn more about uh, sexual violence prevention, to, to find reliable facts and statistics about uh, what we're talking about today. So I do wanna thank you for uh, doing that research and not that I would doubt that you could. Uh, I, I also want to point out uh, as well that <clears throat> when we are, how do I say this? So, so you brought up a really interesting statistic, and you talked about how uh, this is happening between people who know each other. Yes. And that means that there is a component here that's missing, and. And and I, I, I was so. Fi- I'm sorry. I'm doing what I what I didn't do before. But um, when we are doing public speaking, so I'm going to relate this to probably things that students can understand. So when we are learning about public speaking, and we're learning about audience analysis, mm. right? The whole idea is that when we are public speaking, we're like thinking about ourselves. And we're like, what do I want to say? What do they think about me? What's going on? I need to be like this. I need to do this. I'm nervous. I'm shaking. They're judging me. But we always tell our students during public speaking, like, think about your audience. What do they want? What are they interested in hearing? And and I think that that same thing can can parallel over or kind of cross over into this idea of communicating with our partner about sexual consent is that a lot of times we're so afraid of rejection or being judged that we're focusing more on that, which prevents us from asking or saying or checking in instead of saying, what would my partner want? Mm-hmm and yeah. in addition to what would my partner want but i think in this this time in this world that we're living in right now we're talking a lot about empathetic communication and and this idea of putting yourself in other people's shoes and and kind of understanding their experience and i think doing that with your partner too right thinking about you know what are they feeling what would i want my partner to say to me which can help guide those conversations um and Yeah. I don't know if that.
1: No, that's great because it, it, again, it, (laughs) it, it gives you agency as the actor and it gives you almost an excuse, right? Almost an excuse to say, okay, what do I want out of this interaction? What does my partner want out of this interaction? And how can I make sure that my, that these are indeed the things that my partner wants from me? Um, uh, when I, when I teach like upper division relational communication classes, cause that's a, it's a little too heavy of a conversation for like an intro course. Uh, but when we teach the upper level classes, one of the things I always talk about with my students is I, I make them say these things out loud and I say like, you know, what, what sort of questions do you ask your partner about sex? And they're like, Oh, we don't. Um, but there are very basic things that we can do, that, you know, asking questions like, do you like this or how does this feel? Or do you like when I do that? Or, you know. Um I think next season we're going to try and have an episode about pillow talk. Uh pillow talk is one of the best ways in which partners uh, for those who don't know pillow talk is post coital talk. Um you know I had to sneak the word coitus oh, in wait, there. I'm
2: sorry. You just used the word coital. That's You so know funny. I had
1: you know I had to sneak the word coitus in there. I had to. Um <laughs> After, after you know, a a a sexual interaction has occurred, uh, often partners are laying in bed or on couch or on floor together and c- cuddling. For more on cuddling, listen to Dr. Van Ralta's episode. And those conversations, um, those pillow talk conversations, are a great opportunity for us to share things like, "I really loved when this happened," or, "You know, I really wasn't crazy about when that happened." Um, so those are the those are the times to ask, and it's not as awkward as you might think. Um, last thing that I wanted to get to in our final minutes here, uh, you know, the data show us that the unbelievably vast majority of sexual perpetrators in this country and around the world are men. Um, there are some reasons that we just don't have the time to get into regarding all of that. However, um, when it, ooh, ooh, did we disconnect? I think you're back. You're back. No worries. I'm back. So we were, we, were, we were talking about the issues that men face uh, being the primary perpetrators of these actions and um, one of the biggest things is that there are indeed a lot of men who are to their credit going out of their way to educate themselves about these issues and then there are some who are not. So the, the final question I have for you is what are some ways that you encourage men to share all this information with other men? How do we get them to almost self-police for lack of a better term?
2: That's a great question. So, and a hard one and a complicated one, but Mm -hmm. I'm gonna do my best to to answer it succinctly because I know we don't have much time. Uh, I I think that men 100% need to, actually let me start with masculinity i think that masculinity has a lot to do with it i think Mm -hmm. gender socialization has a lot to do with it uh we socialize men to be men be aggressive go out sexual conquests you know all of these things right and what i love is is we are seeing a shift in that and and we are seeing that Uh, gender is being talked about on more of a continuum where men and women both have masculine and feminine qualities that they express, and that expressing emotion and, and communicating is maybe a feminine quality, but in our world right now like why are we looking at feminine qualities as less than or bad mm-hmm, right? right and so i think that there's a lot of men who want to speak up but are are feeling that kind of that fight between i'm supposed to be doing this but i i know i should be doing this and i want to do this right mm-hmm. so there's a lot of a lot of things going on there and i i want to talk to the men i want to say whatever you're feeling in terms of respecting women, respecting your partner in general, no matter what gender or, or sex they are, uh, speaking to that person with respect and and checking in is, is always the right thing to do. And mm-hmm. if your partner has an adverse reaction to that and says, well, you know, I just expect you to do it, or why are you checking in? Mm-hmm. I really think you should step back and be like, why am I hanging out with this person? And and do I really want to engage in sexual activity with this person? Right. right? So I, I do think that men need to step back and say, I need to start taking, you know, my boundaries and, and my voice seriously and hold. Holding my partner to the respect that I'm giving them and, and and realize, and that's the best thing about yes means yes, is that it's no longer looking at somebody asks and somebody says yes. Mm-hmm. It's now looking at consent as a partnership and looking at cons- consent as something that is ongoing throughout your sexual experience. So, you know the other thing too that i I, and i i want to get my tagline in and before we leave here today is i also do want to say that no is a complete sentence Mm. and so i know we're talking a lot about yes but i I do want to say that for men for women for whoever is communicating this at any point if you want to say no why oh come on You know, anything that happens like no is a complete sentence and you are you have every agency to say no, Mm. but it doesn't have to be a yes or a no. It can be something where it's like, "Mm, I don't really want to do that thing. But what I want to do is this other thing. Right. Right. So so it is kind of this it's. I'm going to age myself here, but it's that choose your own adventure books, right? You get to that end of the paragraph and you're like, do you want to do this or do you want to do this? And you're like, mm, I'm going to do that. And then you go through the book and then you're like, oh, I'm going to go back and try that again. Right. Like, what we.
1: Oh, Lori's cutting out again. In general, As well as. We, we we lost the last sentence, but that's okay. We're just about out of time. For the record, the kids are calling it Bandersnatch. That that Black Mirror episode, Choose Your Own Adventure, yeah, Bandersnatch. Okay, I. I'm- <laughs> I don't know that. Well, what I always always tell uh, my male students is kind of like in the way that you need to lose your baseball game in order to act like you've been there. You need to be able to accept rejection, and it is okay for someone to say no to you. That's not an attack on your identity. Uh, You you are allowed to hear no and accept no, and um, checking in is sexy, by the way. Uh, That is all the time... That's all the time that we have. Thank you so much, Laurie, for for joining us for this awesome conversation. Next season, we are going to be talking about uncertainty, self-identity, social support, and many, many other topics with some really, really smart people. So I'm really looking forward to what's in the future. And I thank you, as always.
0: See you next semester. You've been listening to Red Rock Relationships, a podcast about communication. Thank you so much for giving us some of your time. If you'd like to be on the show or have questions for us, please send us an email to redrockrelationships at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Just search Red Rock Relationships. Thank you again. And remember, it all begins with good communication.